0: If you would like more information about Jubilee Church, please visit our website at jubileestl.org. They will pass through the land, greatly distressed and hungry. And when they are hungry, they will be enraged and will speak contemptuously against their king and their God, and turn their faces upward. And they will look to the earth, but behold, distress and darkness, the gloom of anguish, and they will be thrust into thick darkness. But there will be no gloom for her who was in anguish." And the government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. This is the word of the Lord. Well,
1: good morning, good morning. Merry Christmas! It's, thank you. It's an honor to have you to, to be here with you guys together. If you if you notice that that orange uh, bulletin that you have inside of there is a couple things I want to point your attention to real quick. Uh, first of all, there's a something called a communication card. We'd love to, to hear from you. Uh, and also, if you're new and looking to connect with us, there's something in there called the growth track that you might want to, um, to check out. But it is upon us, guys. I was thinking about this this morning. Like, it's here. Like, Christmas is is here. And it's like, it's scary sometimes. It's stressful. I mean, it's intense. Like, there's, there's not a lot of time left. I was, I was at Home Depot yesterday getting a few items for a tile project. That I'm working on uh, in my break, and uh, it's—I was genuinely afraid for my life. I mean, the, the the amount of uh, stress and people running around trying to get last-minute stuff is was was pretty frightening. In fact, I, I was thinking, like, you guys better hurry up because you're running out of options. I mean, I think maybe like you can go to Walgreens get a pack of gum, but uh, how many here would say you're you're like done with your Christmas shopping? Like, you got it all now. Raise your hands. Come on. Wow, look at the, look at these smug people. Like, look at them. They think they're better than everyone, don't they? How many here are like, okay, uh, I, I, I need help. Like, I'm, I'm not done yet. Like, go ahead, go ahead, raise your hand. It's, you're, you're in a safe place. There you go. So you're, how many here are like, man, I got plenty of time. Like, what are you talking about? I got plenty. Just pay, just pay double for shipping. I'll be all right. And so um, it can be stressful, and it could even be more stressful. I don't know if you ever tried to go Christmas shopping with with toddlers, with young kids, uh, to shop, to Christmas shop in general, I find very stressful. Like, I, I think it's a stressful thing. Uh, you know, I just like, why can't we just give each other gift cards? And uh, so I find it very stressful. But I heard of a story, this guy, uh, his father and a little toddler, like two, three years old toddler, and this tod- they're going Christmas shopping. This toddler is like, <clears throat> you know, just being a toddler. I mean, throwing himself on the floor, you know, like screaming and, you know, darting here and there. It was just causing just havoc. And so this father was walking alongside, holding in the mall, walking alongside, holding this child's hand. And he, as he was walking around, he kept saying, okay, Ethan, calm down. It's going to be okay. It'll be over soon. You know, don't, don't freak out, Ethan. you know, Ethan, everything's going to be okay. You know, don't, don't, you know, it'll be all right. It'll be, it'll be over soon. And he kept saying that over and over again. And this woman who was walking alongside said, excuse me, sir, i I mean, untrue, but I have to say, like, man, the way that you're speaking to your son is so kind and is usually when I see parents in that situation, they're, they're really stressed out and they yell at their kids or do something else. And, and I'm just really impressed with how you talk to your son, Ethan. And he goes, uh, ma'am, my son's name is Sam. I'm Ethan. Like, I just, <laughs> just calm down, Ethan. It'll be over soon. So I've got good news for you guys. It's, it's going to be over soon. Just calm down. It'll be all right. Uh, in the movie Elf, uh, Buddy the Elf saves Christmas by resurrecting Christmas spirit and lifts the cloud of the cold, hard reality that had taken over New York City. And, and the moral of the story, if you've watched that movie, if you haven't, shame on you, um, uh, the moral of the story is that if you believe in yourself and those around you and you stay positive, good things will happen. But, but most of us know better than that, right? Most of us know that that's not true. Uh, if you are growing up in this generation as a teenager, uh, you know better than that. In 2018, a study by Harvard was done on the mental health of children because we are seeing a dramatic decrease in the mental health of our children. Anxiety and depression are skyrocketing and I, this article was in the wall street journal a couple weeks ago and uh, one of the, the what the article pointed out that this research i should say it pointed out it was one of the big things that they discovered that they discovered that was causing this problem was an increased belief in nihilism and if you're not familiar with nihilism as it is basically the idea that you're going to die and turn to dust like nothing happens when you die you just turn to dust and it's a reality that most kids can't handle and it's it's uh, the last 20 years has been a generation more and more people uh, just believe that when you die that you just turn to dust. And so this article was, was debating uh, essentially whether or not you should be honest with your kids based upon what you believe. Uh, this is reality. Or should you lie to them <laughs> so that they can cope with reality? Uh, so on one hand, you teach reality and it causes depression and anxiety. On the other hand, uh, like, look, just just tell them something else so they don't get depressed. Uh, so, what do you do? Is what the article is all about. Well, in Christmas, uh, Christmas gives you both of them uh, because the backdrop that we that, uh, on Christmas that we read in this story, it was not tinsel and silver bells, but it was a cold, dark reality. Because in this, this the verses that we read, which there's a, uh, a verse in there that's like the most beloved. Christmas verse of all time, even if you didn't grow up in the church, even if you haven't been in church in a long time, you're not a Christian, you know this verse, which was read, for to us, a child is born, to us, a son is given, and the government will be on his shoulders. And he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. The context for what that was written was a very, very dark period. The group of people referred to in the passage in Isaiah that we read are called the Israelites, and they were feeling very, very crushed Um, they were experiencing economic hardship and among other things, they were experiencing uh, oppression from their enemies and they're looking for answers. They're looking for answers among intellectuals, among philosophers. And the more that they look to the earth, the more they look to themselves, the more and more darkness. And so one of the things that, maybe you haven't heard this before, but one of the things is a part of the meaning of Christmas is that Christmas means that the world is a dark place. I mean, on one hand, the message of Christmas is an unparalleled hope, but yet it, the, the, the message of Christmas tells us something about the reality of the world and the reality of your own heart and the, and the reality of your own mind. And it is sobering, if not insulting. Because in this text, people saw that it was a dark place and they went looking for solutions among mystics and astrologers. And, and some people do that today and and, and some people look in a lot of different places, like, like in, the day, in this day and, and in, the, in the day of Jesus. Is some weren't looking to mysticism. Some were looking to education. The Greeks weren't into mysticism. They were into the mind. They wanted to educate themselves. And so they saw education as a great hope. And so let's build universities and let's have debate. And if we can, if we can educate the mind, then that will heal our psychological and sociological problems. Now, the religious Jews of the day, so the non-religious Greeks they they sought educate they sought the mind. The non-religious, or excuse me, the religious Jews they not they weren't didn't see solutions in the mind. They saw it in a uh, through politics. They thought if we could get a, a new great political leader, then our problems would be solved. We we want someone who will topple Rome and secure Israel as a favored nation again. So maybe you might be familiar with the story in the Gospels called where Jesus fed five thousand people miraculously. At the end of that. Uh, at the end of feeding five thousand, in the in John's account of that story, they wanted to make him king because they're like, "Hey, look, if you could feed five thousand people, you know, out of two fish and a couple, you know, you could be you could take care of Rome for us." And they want to anoint him king, and Jesus refused that. But the, the point is, is that's what they were looking for. They were looking for a great military leader. But the people in this passage, they weren't looking to education or politics. They were looking to the mystics. they were like, "We need to look to ourselves." We need to look to the earth. We need to look to um, the God consciousness within us. The power is within us. We just need to tap into it. You know, we are the world. We are the children. You know, we can make a better place if we just start giving. It didn't work in the 80s, and it didn't work back then either. However, because the more that they look to themselves, the darker and darker they found it. They, in our world is the same. You know, everyone has a solution. You know, the, the economists, they have a solution, the educators, they have a solution. The politicians, they have a solution. The mystics, their solutions are, are presented to us with a great deal of idealism and hope. Like, this is gonna be it, you know? This will be the change that's gonna make it. But they are not making our world brighter. They're making our world darker. And they're tired solutions. They just keep recycling them. I mean, they're like five or 6,000 years old. It's just the same thing, over and over and over again. Recycled with a different passage. Uh, Bertrand Russell was an early 20th century philosopher. Uh, which, by the way, if you're new and you're wondering where what the bandwidth is culturally at Jubilee Church, it's from Buddy the Elf to 19th. You know, Bertrand Russell. So I don't know where you fit in that spectrum, but you know, all are welcome here. And so <laughs> there you go. Um, anyway, he wrote a book called "Why I Am Not a Christian," and just to spoil it, he's not a Christian. Uh, And he said this, he says, if there is no God, then consider the logic of your position. And then he says this, don't try to squirm out of it by singing Christmas carols. Um, If there is no God, then we are an accident. We are chance creatures. We are the result of accidental collision of molecules. But unfortunately, we have evolved into creatures of self-consciousness. We've become aware of ourselves, is what he's saying. And because we are aware of ourselves, we somehow think we are more noble than rocks and trees, but there is no basis for such a feeling. It's a guy you want at your party. And so we are here, it gets worse, we are here with our consciousness and our consciousness is a result of of a meaningless process. Therefore, our conscious is meaningless, but alas, we feel significant. What a pity. And then he says this, Therefore, the only logical solution is to build your life upon the foundation of unyielding despair. Merry Christmas, everyone. <laughs> we hope you've enjoyed yourself at Jubilee Church. We'd like to dismiss you. Um, Basically, what he's saying, and the only way to see life as it is with logic and reason, with your eyes wide open, is to admit that the world is dark and there is no hope. To live eyes wide open. So you have two choices. You can embrace reality and admit that there is no hope, and therefore you must build your life on the foundation of unyielding despair. So to search for hope in this world is illogical, dumb, and futile, is what he's saying. And you might be surprised to realize that the Bible, the scriptures, and the real meaning of Christmas would, say, would absolutely agree with that statement. In fact, this is what I want to reread that passage in Isaiah 8. It says, distressed and hungry, they will roam through the land when they are famished, they will become enraged and looking upward. They will curse their king and their God. Then they will look toward the earth and see only distress and darkness and fearful gloom. And they will be thrust in the utter darkness. So there's like normal darkness, your garden variety darkness, and then there's utter darkness, deep darkness, part of the other passage says. So the, so the context of Christmas is, is there's darkness there is no hope life is futile and the more you try to find meaning in this world the darker it gets chapter 8 chapter 9 verse 1 nevertheless you see christianity and christmas does not try to put a silver lining around your cloud It doesn't say, hey, it's going to be okay. Let's sing a song. It says, you think the world is dark? You think the world is a difficult place? It's infinitely worse than you could ever imagine. And then it says, here's some more good news you are the problem person to your left is the problem the person to your right is the problem and you are the problem the world is full of pain and suffering and there is no hope nevertheless christmas and christianity the difference is it's honest but it has a nevertheless it's not some uh crutch to prop you up when you're feeling sad it's honest it's realistic it says you are incapable of finding hope just like Mr. Russell said, but it has a nevertheless. Jesus really has done everything that Christmas says he has done. And apart from this reality, there is no hope. So you, we, you and I have a choice. You and I can face reality. We can look at this world with eyes wide open and become depressed. Like many of our, many of the young people coming through are becoming more and more depressed and more and more anxious as they look at reality. Or you could just try to get busy with work, get busy on your phone, medicate it, drink it away, do whatever you can to to numb yourself from seeing things as they really are. Or there's a third option, which is there is a nevertheless, which is we can embrace our dark world and we can sing joy to the world, not because there's a sale at Macy's or because we got a Christmas bonus, but because 2,000 years ago, on a quiet night in Bethlehem, hope entered the world. Light entered the deep darkness and light is greater than the darkness. So how do we how do we have this light invade our world? Well, first of all, it's not something that we develop within, but it's discovered. It says the people who walked in darkness have discovered a great light. They haven't ignited it. They haven't kindled it. They haven't, they haven't made it. It's, it's something outside of them. It's God intervening. It's God interrupting. It's God getting in the way. And then there's another clue in verse 6. It says, for us, a child is born to us. A son is given. Hope and peace. And joy, the thing behind that, so we're all searching for something and, and behind everything that we're searching is, is, are those things. Whatever it is that you think makes your life great is you want joy, you want peace, you want, you want hope. But these are not things that you'll, ever, you'll find in this earth. These are not things that you'll find within yourself. Joy, peace, hope, they're not within yourself. They're not in this earth. There's something outside of you. The the light has to come in. Salvation is a gift. Peace is a gift. Joy is a gift. Hope is a gift. The, The nevertheless comes into your life. You can see reality, and the nevertheless comes into your life, not when you tap into the hope that is within you, but when you bow your knee and say to your Heavenly Father, thank you. And that's it. So why do people so many, how many people reject it? If that's what it is, and it's so good, and, you know, why? Why do so many people? Well, I think people reject it because, actually, well, the reason why people reject it is actually one of the greatest parts of the message. Because the message is that it doesn't matter how hopeless your case is, um, you can receive. I mean, like, I mean, this. The, Jesus was born not in 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 great. He wasn't born in a palace. He was born in a feeding feeding trough. He was born in Galilee. He was born in this area of, of the world that was like the armpit of the known world. It was not, I mean, I don't know where you grew, where you grew up, but like, you know, you, you know, we all know that town that's like, man, that, why does that town exist? It's just like a nothing pathetic, nothing good happens in that town. It shouldn't exist. And that's where Jesus was born. That's the town, the town that, where nothing happens. In fact, that was one of the great objections of the day of Jesus. Someone said, someone found out where this great person was coming from. They're like, can anything good come from that town? That's where Jesus was born. And it came to shepherds. Shepherds were like the lowest of the low. They were, no one trusted them. They were, their testimony was not valid in court. I mean, if you were a shepherd, you were despised and your testimony was not valid in court. And yet they were the first to hear of the good news of this Savior that was born, this child that was given. So I don't know where you're at today. I don't know if you feel hopeless or feel out of reach of the goodness of God, but it's for everyone. But that's actually what makes it hard to receive because you don't earn it, because you don't achieve it. it, it requires, he was born in humility, which means that we, it's received in humility, and that's the way that you receive it. You don't, it's not God you owe me because I've lived a good life. I'm a good person. I've done a few good things. No, this shepherd, this 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 outcast, this society gets it. Wise men get it. Everyone gets it. Because usually for something to be good news, it means it's bad news for someone else, right? So if like if your team wins the championship, and you look at the field or the rink or the, Court, your team is winning and they're, it's good news, right? You're excited, they're excited. Now, what I never, my wife always has to point this out to me because I never, I don't notice this. But there's always, there's a team that loses and they're not very happy. In fact, you've got like grown men crying. I mean, like little babies. Bad news for, excuse me, good news for some is bad news for someone else. But this is actually truly good news for everyone. And while that sounds good, we actually don't like it because we want to achieve. But this light that we get, it's by receiving. Most of us are just trying to survive the world, but if you're a Christian and believe in the true meaning of Christian, you can actually change the world. That we are part of the problem, but by receiving the light, you become a part of the solution. Let me show you what I'm talking about. 80 years after the birth of Jesus, you know, Jesus, so he... He was born, and if you've never followed the story, he, he does grow up, becomes a man, and he uh, performed miracles, he died on the cross, he rose from the dead, he ascended to be with the Father, and then when he ascended, uh, that's when the church started. There were 120 people who were a part of the early disciples, and, and you can go read the book of Acts, you know, we, the at Jubilee Church, we went through the book of Acts for 10 months. You could probably read it in the afternoon, though, if you wanna read the story. And uh, what happened, within 30 short, short years, uh, what was like a, a a handful of people became thousands and thousands, and it spread 1,500 miles uh, in the known world. And one of the key leaders, his name is John. Uh, so there are four accounts of the life of Jesus, Matthew, Mark, Luke, John. This is that John. Um, uh, John, who had saw it all and heard it all, who, who saw his miracles, who heard his teaching, who peered into the empty tomb, who saw Jesus ascend into heaven, uh, was there on the beach when um, Jesus appeared to them. He had been exiled to the island of Patmos and which by the way wasn 't like going to the Caribbean right I mean, think more like Tom Hanks on castaway you know like he's this was not a good situation to be on the island of Patmos so he 's there you know John and Wilson right so just kind of hanging out and so and uh, he, he's on the island of Patmos and he decided to summarize all that he saw and all that he heard and all that he knew and here's what he said and here's why you need to pay attention to what Christmas is all about here's why you need to pay attention to that thing in your soul that kind of like elbows you in your consciousness every once in a while and this is what he says as he as he as he thought about him he says in him that is Jesus was life and that life was the light of of men, and it's for all mankind. This is for noble wise men, and it's for the down and out shepherds. It's for the somebodies, it's for the nobodies, it's for the black and the white and the rich and the poor. It's for everyone. Good news for all people. But then he moves past the past tense and he says, This he says, That's what I saw. But he says, Now the light shines in the no- right now, the light is shining. In the darkness right now in 80 AD and right now in 2019, the light shines in the darkness. It, it shone 2,000 years ago in Bethlehem and it continues to, to shine today. And he's saying this suffering on an island, which means the light that Jesus offers and the hope and the peace and the joy is not dependent upon your circumstances, but it's something that you can have regardless of, you can always have this and it shines. So he's saying, look, the light shines in the darkness and check this out, even on the island of Patmos, even though it's just me and a volleyball, the darkness has not overcome it. And that light can shine in your life. And regardless of what you experience, regardless of your circumstances, and regardless of what people do to you, regardless, you know, what the condition of our country is, regardless of whatever, regardless of your job, the light will shine and the darkness will not be able to stop it. And it gets better than that. Because you don't just have a, a nice warm, feeling now and then, but you, you you stop being part of the problem and you start being part of the solution. And now you can be a witness of this light. The, is the more you look into yourself, the more darkness you'll find. That's the testimony of everyone who claims the name of Jesus. Everyone who, that's our testimony, is that the more we look to ourselves, the darker we saw. The more that I looked, the more that Brian Mowry looked at Brian Mowry and what he can do and what he can achieve, the more depressed he got and the darker it got. But praise be to Jesus that 2,000 years ago, light appeared and light appeared in my life and it light would appear to anyone, not people who are moral, not people who figure it out, not, it, it comes to wise men, it comes to shepherds and everyone in between, anyone who would say, thank you, I'll receive that and I want to be a part of the solution. So if you want to kill darkness in this world, receive the light. If you want to kill darkness in your life, receive the light. And be a witness to the light. So here's what I want to do. Why don't we go ahead and stand? We're going to have the band come up.